Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com forward slash SLM and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a title free and start listening. It's that easy. Go to audibletrial.com forward slash SLM and get started now. Welcome back to Sensibly Loud Radio. This is Brandon, and I'm joined by the one and only Mountain Carl. Carl, how's it going? Uh, it's a lot better now that I don't have to deal with traffic anymore. Yeah, have I know, you, right? Uh, yeah, I'd be like, you're not going into, you're not going into work as much, obviously, or at all, I guess, right now. But have you, on your on your many runs that you had, have you had to mess with traffic too much? Uh, not too much. The, the runs I've had to take, uh, it's very desolate out there on the roads. I think it's like, kind of like that all over America right now and probably most of the world. Um, which is weird to think of, you know, like the last time I can think of something this eerie happening was probably post nine 11 where you didn't really hear planes in the sky and people were kind of on edge and not going out as much, not knowing what's, what's going to happen next. But it's weird because I feel like the, the feeling and the sensation of, of all of this is happening with, you know, the COVID-19 situation and everybody quarantining and all that stuff. It's uh, I think there's a lot of uncertainty, but it's also opened up the doors to a lot of different things, uh, some good and some really weird. Yeah. No, tell me about that. Um, it's It's been very strange. It was when I can describe my traffic situation, I'm still going in, you know, I can describe my traffic situation is being um, similar to going in on a Saturday, like a Saturday <laughs> morning, right? So there are still cars on the road, but I mean, you can go as fast. Everybody's going fast, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't I don't know what the deal is, but I mean, everybody's just got balls of steel. I guess nobody cares about the fact <laughs> that they have to go to work. They're just like, son of a bitch, you know? Uh, it's like, I get to... I don't know. There's there's all kinds of articles about people speeding and and like racing and empty streets and that oh, kind of yeah, thing. Which yeah. okay, fine, you know. But how have you been doing, man? I've been good. Uh, it's been interesting working from home. Um, there's been a few times I've had to go into work, but you know, it's it, it's it's a it's a process of adapting. And thankfully, like you know, talking to you know, some of my siblings and, you know, they have kids and independence and stuff like that. And, uh, or people that have pets, you know, everything is the whole dynamics change where you're not used to being around your pet or your children, you know, 24 seven. And, and now there's like an added amount of stress on top of everything else in terms of financially. And, you know, there's, it's, it's sad. I think I read a statistic, uh, earlier today that, you know, one out of every 10 American has lost their job recently. That's a pretty yeah, high statistic. Insane. Yeah. It's, uh, we we're we're certainly thankful to, to currently be gainfully employed. I'll, I'll knock on wood real quick for all of us, but, uh, but yeah, everybody who's, who's lost their job, you know, we feel for you and, 
and uh, I'm hoping we get out of this pretty fast. So stay away from people right now. Do not be like ice cream truck guy, that motherfucker. Um, <laughs> driving his ice cream truck around my neighborhood and trying to spread joy. Like, come on, man. Are you kidding me? Like, uh, Mountain Girlfriend, I come home and she's, she shows me like, you'll never believe this guy. I was like, what are you talking about? And it's, I was like, is it really an ice cream van or is it just like a guy that's trying to like be like crazy, rapey criminal guy? <laughs> um, and because it's almost like it, you would, he, it's like, he, is he a bad guy or is, is he an idiot? Right. But like, there's no, it's a pretty binary. He's choice. an opportunist, you know, it is, it is an opportunity, you know, I, I suppose, I mean, like they, curbside, they, Curbside delivery. <laughs> the the ice cream truck that parks by the baseball field, you know, uh-huh. when kids kids are playing baseball and everything, that's an opportunist. Right. The guy who's driving a, a food truck around while people are dropping dead from a virus that's like super contagious is an idiot. Like, don't don't do that. But uh yeah, he, he was actually sitting there. She showed me a video of the guy uh sitting there playing his music, which talk about balls, you know. <laughs> Just sitting there in the middle of a of a freaking park, just you know, cranking up ice cream truck music. Could you imagine? Is it, is it the da 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 da? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Da, 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 da. yeah, yeah. There was that was the one that was, always played when I was a kid. That's the one that I think everybody remembers. But there was uh there was another one from a truck that used to drive by. I say baseball field. I used to play baseball, right? So that that you know definitely. Uh, that song was like seared into my brain, but, uh, and it had like weird sound effects too. Like, what? Oh, like, boing, you know, that kind of thing. And I was just like, what the hell? Like, uh, it's awful. Anyway, ice cream truck guy, go home. I mean, also make money if you can, but don't, (laughs) don't spread, don't spread germs, please. I think we're all a little on edge right now. Well, so. Yeah. I, I mean, it's funny you bring that up because I, I saw a friend of mine who lives in Plano. You know, everybody, I think most people out there either have, if, if they're living in a house, they have a ring or they have a ring camera or something. But, you know, you can get on your sort of like neighborhood sort of forum that's connected into that. You know, everything's plugged in and integrated now. And right. uh, <laughs> they found a, a post where, you know, a lot of it's usually like danger. There's bobcats around or danger, yeah. you know, suspicious person walking on sidewalk. And it's like, what yep. uh so some guy posted this and he looked like his uh his picture or whatever on the neighborhood whatever watch deal he looks like either a doctor or a lawyer you know when he's big shots and his name is charlie you know who goes by charlie really these days unless you're charlie day and you're a comedian okay but hi yeah, i'm charlie it's, like it's usually it's, charles it's hard right? to own it yeah it's a, it's a hard name to own it, it is outside it is. of show or you business, go by chuck yeah go by chuck, chuck. Chuck's oh, cool. Chuck. Chuck's I would a love to be cool a Chuck. Name. You know? Yeah. That's, that's, that, that'd be bad. like Sam, like Sam Bino. Like you're the Sam Bino of the party. Like, hi, I'm Chuck. Yeah. I was like, oh, like, do you know Chuck? Of hi, I'm Chuck. Chuck. You're a piece of shit. And you're a piece <laughs> of shit. <laughs> <laughs> you are, uh, oh, maybe Sam you, Bino Sam. will put, I, yeah, absolutely. But maybe Sam Bino will put uh, ice cream truck guy in the piece of shit. <laughs> that'd be even better. Well, ding, well, by ding, the ding, way, major piece of shit, major piece of shit. Um, there is. <laughs> uh, so for those of you who do not know or do not listen to the outfielder or uh, our sister podcast, um, it's a baseball centric podcast full of very funny people and very knowledgeable people about baseball. 
obviously they're they're working overtime right now creating content for everyone uh, and they're doing a great job yep. uh, sambino's got a section uh or a segment in that called the piece of shit corner which uh is a, a dead ringer for making people laugh so uh if if baseball is slow may we add ice cream truck guy to the piece of shit corner i would yeah. say yeah um Actually, if he never spreads the virus, let that be the case. Like, let him make money and never spread a virus, and we'll all be okay. <laughs> um, by the way, so, P- yeah, okay, go ahead, go ahead. Well, I was gonna say just to, to finish this story. So this, yeah, this Charlie guy, he posts on there, same deal. He here's an ice cream truck going around. It's stopping. You know, there there's some parents going out to the curb to get, and he's like, I don't know if this is legitimate. I I just I I don't know. So. He posts this whole thing and then people are commenting like, you know, he's like, I think I'm going to call the cops. And these people are like, really? You're going to call the cops on an ice cream truck guy? And then he he comes back and, and comments on his own post and said, okay, just talk to Plano PD. Yep, everything's legit. Uh, it, it's a, you know, they can't tell him to shut down because it's, you know, he, he's like an essential, you know, curbside, you know, food that's, delivery. It'd be like shutting down DoorDash. Yeah, right? yeah, I guess that's fair. Uh, so don't, don't shut down guy via government just be smart ice cream man you know that makes that makes sense (laughs) don't be too aggressive either you know yeah 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 also don't like don't start like spitting in people's faces Um, yeah don't get on the megaphone start uh, singing sweet caroline oh yeah it's not that's not nobody's gonna gather around you if you do that by the way you want to hear someone who can listen to the yeah they'll listen to the outfielders right the uh (laughs) Oh my God! If you uh, if you do end up calling the police for a non emergency number or for a non emergency, use the non emergency number. People keep nine one one open. If you see an ice cream truck and you want it to be gone, that is not an emergency. Every police department has a non emergency number. It is on their website. Please consult that before you call. It's usually like in Dallas, it would be a nine seven two number you know, or a four, six, nine, like they've got, they've got a normal phone number like you and I, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's for people who are not burning alive, being stabbed, being shot or otherwise in peril. So right. yes, please use that. Stop being idiots. Don't call, you know, the police on, you know, the local McDonald's because they didn't give you your <laughs> McNugget. So Damn straight Jesus. But, um, yeah, the other thing that I was seeing is is you bring up rain cameras, which I think is pretty funny. But like people were uh, post, I'm on Nextdoor, which I think is mm-hmm. the greatest social media platform of all time. You want to see some weird ass drama go down? Like go on to Nextdoor, and uh, <laughs> when when I was looking at it, it was talking about like people uh, people knocking on the their like home doors and stuff at like two thirty mm-hmm. in the morning and that kind of oh, thing. Yeah. Um, and they're like, well, I mean, like, I think I should call the police and that kind of thing. Like, I'm kind of worried. Um, you know what? All the people that are saying this, they're old enough to be our parents. And what did our parents tell us when we were young? Don't talk to freaking strangers. Right. You know, so I know that everybody wants to help everybody right now. But maybe that random person that's there at 2.30 in the morning is a ne'er-do-well, right? Hey, I got another idea for you. Call the non-emergency number for the police department. There you go. They will or, show up. 
or play the clip from Home Alone and scare the shit out of them. Oh, you know what? Merry scratch Christmas, what, you filthy animals. Scratch, scratch what I said. Do what Brandon said. <laughs> it's just dumb. Not everybody has that set up, though, but, you know. <laughs> well, the, well, I mean, what, what, by us telling them now, we're giving them time. Or it's 2.30. Maybe it's a drunk, you know? Like, if you live in an apartment complex, probably a drunk. Uh, yeah. Hopefully not some crazy ex or something or uh, someone that just wants to come in and steal all your shit because that's yeah. possible too now, right now. That's People are getting more very, desperate. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I, nobody. Oh, yeah. Another PSA to add to it. Uh, if you park outside, make sure you don't have any valuable shit just laying out like a laptop, like common sense. So, yeah. you know, take stuff with you or lock it away. Or like a giant chest of money. Like, don't have yep. that laying out <laughs> in the middle of your, I don't, like the, oh, what car do you have where you can fit that in there? Like, uh, uh, just a Yukon or a, a Yukon. Uh, yeah. A Denali. Yeah. If you yeah, have a, a Denali. if you have a, if you have a brief, oh, the excursions. Oh, the excursion. excursion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sweet. sweet and, and you got this, this big community chest with money that kind of looks like it's straight out of Monopoly, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's always a good move. Yeah, make sure it's fake money so they break your car window and then pee in it because they just got <laughs> fake money for breaking into a car. Uh, um, the Bron- there was a something before the excursion that I learned about recently from my mm-hmm. friend Joel called the uh, the Bronco Centurion, and it uh, was like the basically the giant you know hack job custom thing where they added like an entire another like section of the car to make it huge yeah so um if if you got one of those definitely leave a chest of money in your car (laughs) or uh i'm just kidding but like uh yeah you're right the the whole like take take or i'm sorry yeah take hide and and whatever those signs say everywhere like just there's a reason for that you know, yeah. I say I say this and I'm going to go outside. And my car is going to get broken into. But still, it's just yeah, funny it's, that they, we even have to have signs, you know. Yeah, it is. I mean, like we we as a people are somehow at once more trusting, you know, like more ignorant of the harm that can befall us. And, and yet at the same time, panic about everything. So mm-hmm. we are uh certainly certainly here in this country but maybe all over the world what a what a contradictory species we are but uh that's fine um i think that are all restaurants going to be takeout and delivery in the future i think demolition man got this wrong because in in the demolition man movie they had all restaurants as taco bell yeah right no. So I think that's that's fair. But like, what about the people? I mean, the assumption is that you can still go into a, a room and eat together, which I, I mean, that's clearly never going to happen again. So, uh, I mean, I want to put plexiglass up in front of me and not in girlfriend. Like you can't you can't do that anymore. So if you've got uh, if you've got all of that kind of situation, why not just make every restaurant a Sonic? Right. I mean, like every every restaurant becomes a Sonic. I'm, this is my new pit. This is my new pitch. Right. I want every restaurant to thrive. So why, like everything from like, you know, Del Frisco's Double Eagle Steakhouse, you know, all the way down to uh, normal Sonic. Uh, maybe. Oh, maybe Sonic is the only one that wins the restaurant wars. Maybe Demolition Man was wrong. But fast food back in the day all had that same model where. It was all kind of like pull up, 
you know, or walk up, get your, your burger, like McDonald's, for example, before they became what McDonald's is now. So right. all that happened, or if it was a restaurant then it's like lady in the tramp. So, you know, you're going to eat your food in an alleyway behind it next to the dumpster. <laughs> I think, I think you've pretty much captured my life in, in yeah. one, one scene of a movie. Um, no, I, and that saves on cost for all these restaurants. That's true. I, I just have a feeling that maybe because Sonic was so stuck in the past that now they've actually somehow predicted the future. So there are a as, few Sonics that as have dine-ins. Have you ever seen that? Uh, I, I would call them heretics and immediately protest them outside. There's I one in Irving in that. that's like that. Yeah. It's oh my weird. God. Do you want do you want to protest a Sonic? Let's go. Come on. <laughs> nah, I can't leave my nah. house. Oh, oh, that's right. <laughs> What's that like? Um, yeah. But anyway, speaking of not being able to leave your house, one of the most important things that we can tell you uh, as hosts and as people who are also stuck inside most of the time uh, is ways that we have been able to treat our boredom. Uh, one of those is obviously like, you know, Netflix, which uh, you rightly call the McDonald's of streaming services, right? Everybody's got mm-hmm. it. So mm-hmm. uh, I would think is spot Have on. it your way. Have it. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Is that, Remember is that Burger to, King? What is it? Burger King? Oh yeah. That, you oh, know no, 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 no. It is Burger King. Uh, McDonald's was, I'm loving it. Now it's just, oh. now it's just the jingle. That's all it is. And did you know, know that I that jingle that. came from a Justin Timberlake song? The I'm loving it. No, the da, 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 da. Oh, are you serious? That came from a Justin Timberlake song off his first album. Do they pay album. him royalties every single I think, time? They- I think they did. I think they did. Oh, I don't know. I don't know how it works, but yeah, good for him. Is Justin Timberlake just like made of gold? Like, like I he mean, can't do guy, no wrong. He can't do no wrong. Uh, but, uh he's made mistakes. Yeah. Oh, but, obviously. Uh, yeah. You know, like yeah. you know everybody does especially when he was younger and stuff but uh yeah i mean he's he's got that likable everybody likes him his, his yeah. music everybody likes it for the well especially nowadays with trolls and stuff but yeah oh god god bless trolls we're gonna talk about that in a second but first of all let's talk about what we're watching right now i think it's yeah. important uh what have you been what, what's what's been uh everything that you've been every cue that you've got what have you burned through so far don't be like dan tell me YouTube. I believe him and I understand there's a place for that. But what literally that's been watching. all he watches. No, he's been watching uh him and his fiance have been watching movies and stuff she's never seen and they've been kind of binging through a bunch of that. But for me, I've been watching um, you know, Westworld, of course. Awesome. I never miss an episode every Sunday, and this last episode was amazing. Um it's it blew my it was one of those mind blowing episodes. Better Call Saul was equally is fantastic this week where I was just like, wow, it, the writing in that show is just, it definitely rivals uh, breaking bad for sure. Awesome. Um, and so those are my two, you know, go-to shows where I, I do not miss an evening. You know, I find a way, even if I'm really, really tired or, or I have to watch it in bits and pieces because work is crazy going into the, you know, midnight oil hours. Um, And then uh, the Harley Quinn animated show uh, that is on uh, the DC um, streaming service. Right. Uh, Been watching that and they went ahead and like rushed right into season two. They just finished season one 
And it's only been like, I think two months since then. Yeah. I was going to say, I can't believe they're already doing that. Yeah. Season two started. It's like, uh, something happened to where Gotham is like disowned by America. So now it's like a no man's land, which is a, a playoff of the graphic novel, no man's land, but done in a twist and it's real chaotic and graphic and hilarious. Uh, so I'm, I'm loving that show a lot. Um, I mean, they, they brought in some pretty amazing characters, including like Mr. Freeze. And he looks like the Mr. Freeze of the animated series where he's just cold and dark. And it's, oh. uh, it's what's his name that uh, is voicing him who played uh, Dr. Octopus in uh, the second Spider-Man film with uh, Tobey Maguire. Oh, son of a bitch. Um, yeah. Uh, Peter Molina. Uh, Alfred or, Molina. Yeah. Yeah. Alfred yeah okay. Molina. Sorry. Yep. Not the Peter yeah. Molina. <laughs> Peter Parker. <laughs> it's, yeah. His, his <laughs> lesser, his lesser known brother. Yeah. Um, yeah. But excellent yeah. voice acting on that show. So oh, he's I mean, great. That, that's all I've been watching. That's awesome. Yeah. I, uh, I can tell you that I've been watching trash. I've been watching nothing but trash. Yeah. We've, we've really dialed it down here in the mountain household. Got to the bottom of the barrel. I mean, I think if you start there, you know, like if you start on a good note, then you always like, there's nowhere to go, but down. Right. Sure. But if you start, if you start at the bottom, there's nowhere to go, but up. And, uh, and maybe that means that the quarantine will continue to be better and better as, we start to digest, you know, our Netflix and Hulu's and, and Disney Pluses and whatnot. Which how many how many subscribers subscribers does Disney Plus have now? Uh, Disney Plus. It was just announced, um, I believe, today or yesterday, that they reported fifty million subscribers so far. Holy crap! That's a lot of Moana. Yeah, yeah. which I don't think they would have nearly as much without, of course, the the greater circumstances that are at play. Sure. Um, it's, it's pretty much that or creepy folks. So, um, <laughs> they've that, been, you, they're doing good yeah. too. They've been advertising they, like crazy. They, well, yeah, they're, they're pouring as much money and advertising as they are getting from subscribers right now. It's insanity. Um, I, so what, some of the random trash that I watched, um, let's start it off with some Adam Sandler. I watched murder mystery with, uh, with Adam Sandler and Jennifer Aniston, which by the oh, way, yeah. of all, all the uh, like Drek that uh, Adam Sandler is putting out on Netflix, that actually wasn't the worst one. Um, it had pretty high production values. So I was kind of mm-hmm. surprised by that. And it had some really good, I mean, it had a really good cast. Well, it can't um, be Luke worse Evans. than another one. Yeah. Yeah. I, there, there's so many of them that just suck. I mean, like yeah. the, this one actually was, was fairly enjoyable. And, uh, I mean, you end up hating Adam Sandler mostly at the end, but believe me, that's actually the intent of the movie throughout it. Like he is not, he's, he's almost not the lovable schlub. Like he's almost written as just a real piece of shit. But, uh, but I will say that uh, like Terrence stamp shows up as mm-hmm. his stereotypical son of a bitch role, which mm-hmm. by the way, if you don't know who Ster- Terrence stamp is, uh, look up every single, uh, old, bad guy in any movie that has like a remotely vaguely European accent. Like that's your man. You've seen him yep. before and everything. So, but it was just fun to see him here as kind of like hamming it up. It was kind of like, I mean, he can't have too many years left in him, but he could surprise me. You yeah. know, he's, he's just, uh, he's, he's kind of like De Niro, himself. you know, like De Niro yeah. was always that tough guy. And then he started hamming it up and he was, 
even in what that romantic comedy with Anne Hathaway was like, what? Oh, yeah. Remember that? <laughs> yeah. It was, it was like the intern or something. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. That's, that's bizarre. But yes, that was, that was actually not a horrible movie. Um, the, so a couple other ones, uh, you know, J Mac would be proud. I actually watched semi pro again, ah, uh, nice. with Will Ferrell. So, uh, that is, that is a ridiculous movie. And it's like some of the humor is like borderline uncomfortable, <laughs> but uh, for the most part, it's just, you know, it's it's not Will Ferrell's best movie by far. Sure, but there are some right. fun there are some fun bits in there. Um, I still think that uh, it's between Anchorman and Talladega Nights as far as. Yeah, yeah. Definitely not like, Blades of Glory. Uh, I no, <laughs> no. We're going to go ahead and skip that one with yeah. uh, Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the weird dark horse of the mix is the IT crowd, or I guess the it crowd, if you're going to mm-hmm. call it that. But it was a, That's a fantastic show. It's a, amazing. It's a British comedy. There are there are short shows and there's short series. And if you are going to watch anything with a laugh track, and I swear I hate laugh tracks. If there was some part of a TV show that I could set on fire, it would be the laugh track. (laughs) But I will tell you right now that this is actually, I I think it might even be like a studio audience kind of thing. It's been, it was really, it's just fun. Watch the first like two or three episodes, give it a chance. Uh, I think all the characters grow on you. Like the, the humor is, is somehow timeless and uh, it's very dry humor too. It's very dry. I mean, it's classic British humor, but right. Uh, it's, it's all done really well. It's got like Chris O'Dowd in it. Um, yeah, you guys will recognize him. Like Americans will recognize him from, uh, mostly bridesmaids as kind of like the male female, or I'm sorry, the, the male lead cop, um, Hmm. who was in that. Um, and then, uh, what's his name? Richard Iote, I guess Mm -hmm. is, is the other guy. And he's, uh, the last big American film that he was in was Neighborhood Watch with Vince Vaughn. So I'll leave wow. that right there. But he's also, I mean, like, but the funny thing is they both should be way more popular. But I think that it's almost like they're just one of those super duos. Like when it comes to comedy, like they play off each other so well. And then when they're on their own, they're really trying to kind of blaze a trail for themselves. And like yeah. some of it just kind of falls flat. Uh, go just watch it. I mean, it's, it's totally penalty free. I mean, mm-hmm. you turn it on and if you don't like it, you can screw around on your phone in 10 minutes. I mean, yeah. Cares? And the episodes are short. So yeah. yeah, I mean, it's, it's just fun. I mean, if it's nothing else, it's good background stuff, but I wouldn't suggest that. I think it's, it's got a lot of content there. Um, obviously tiger King, what a, what a absolute crap show. Um, and then, uh, F1. Drive to Survive is the good show oh, yeah. that I'm watching. It's incredible. If you're a fan of racing and uh, you've even remotely cared about anything like that, um, you don't have racing right now, uh, except for iRacing, I guess, if you're uh, like really hurt and bad because every television station is, is buying a, buying an iRacing circuit to you know show, which is kind of interesting. Um but F1 Drive to Survive, you know, is is basically a retrospective on whatever season has just happened. Um, probably won't be a season three for a while, but the uh, the season one um, 
was really interesting, but it was also lacking in some ways. I think season two so far has been like just insane. And, and if you're looking for like an aural experience that is as close to F1 as you can get with like all the really fancy editing of your favorite car shows and stuff like that, this mm-hmm. is a great place to stop. Um, I can't tell you that's going to make you care about the characters uh, because they're all, you know, just they're not super relatable, but uh, they're interesting to watch. So, and they're all successful, unlike Tiger King, where no one is successful and is basically like, you know, eight episodes of Cops. So, <laughs> um, it's 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 rough. It's about don't, what I thought it was. Yeah, because I haven't watched it. It's got it's got memorable characters, I guess, in a way. I mean, like, it's it's fun to watch. Um, but, oh, dude, it's there. Joe Exotic is not the worst person in that entire show. And that's saying a lot because you're, you're really starting way below zero already. <laughs> so um, anyway, have you have you been playing any games right now? Are you are you able to to push your way through the day and actually make time for for gaming? Yeah, there's been um, some times where I have been able to, uh, mostly last week, uh, but I've been playing Ghost Recon Breakpoint with uh, a bunch of friends of mine uh, online, and, you know, we got, of course, our fancy gaming PCs, so might as well take advantage of them. Absolutely. um, Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. There's a lot of tactical gameplay that's involved because you can't just run and gun and run in like call of duty or counter-strike or any of that other run of the mill stuff. It's like, you have to really take your time and, and maybe you don't need to, you know, defeat every enemy there. You need to sneak in, grab the intelligence documents and get out and be undetected. Like I like challenges like that. Right. I think that's probably why I was always a big fan of splinter cell. Um, Absolutely. And there's even a Splinter Cell DLC with this where Sam Fisher's reprises role or Michael Ironside. Michael Ironside does. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so it's it's nice uh, hearing that that voice again that I recognize so well. And and that was really fun having eight missions of that. So, yeah, it's it's been a good uh, distraction. There's been some times where I'll I'll game with uh, my roommate here and we'll play some old games like Rise of Nations or Rainbow Six Three Raven Shield or uh, even Splinter Cell Chaos Theory. So, yeah, yeah, it's, it's been good. Um, but you haven't gotten back on that train yet, have you? I haven't. No, we've done uh, we've done a, a couple like remote game nights here and there. Um, but first of all, I just want to say Michael Ironside is one of my favorite voices of all time and one of my yeah. favorite kitschy 80s actors that if I could just have uh, a, a, like a message tone on my phone that was just him as Sam Fisher going darkness, you know, that would be fine. Um <laughs> Anyway, like maybe, you know what, maybe if we start like a GoFundMe, we can pay Michael Ironside, you know, 20 bucks or something to do that. But uh, the uh, the stuff that we've, we've been playing here has been a lot of like party games and things like that, which is kind yeah. of difficult to do over over Zoom or uh, anything like that. But I was going to tell you that there is actually a game on Steam right now. Uh, it's a series of games uh, by the people who did You Don't Know Jack. And I don't even know if the, I mean, the company is, is kind of amorphous. They're always kind of trading hands and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. um, the, the quality of the games are good. And, and they're, they're party games that are not necessarily just the trivia style You Don't Know Jack and stuff like that. They really are interactive. Um, if you've ever played Scribble.io or Scriblio or whatever you want to call it. Oh, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. I, um, yeah, I've done that before. Those those are fun games. Um, 
And, and it's kind of like that in that vein. And that all you need to play is a PC and then like a handheld device, right? So if you have Steam, I definitely suggest typing in Jackbox. It's exactly how it sounds. And looking at some of their party packs, uh, some of the ones that we've played are like Drawful, um, like Fibbage is one. Uh, it's a game where you're like lying to each other and like you have to pick the best lie kind of thing. Ah, okay. Um, and then there's one called Pred- Couples. Yeah, it is. It's very interesting. <laughs> uh, press the button, um, which is kind of like a, a mafia style, like guess the bad guy kind of game. Mm. Um, but but the point is you can do this over Zoom, anything that you can screen share with. Uh, so if you have a video service uh, like uh, such as Zoom, where you can share your screen, uh, WebEx does the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, share the window that is your Jackbox game. And while people are playing, the way you play is you've got your phone, you've got your tablet, uh, you've got your laptop, that kind of thing. And it just tells you to go to jackbox.tv and then enter in the code that's on the screen, right? Well, if you're sharing your screen, everybody can see your screen. So everybody can play from everywhere, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, basically you just, you know, type in your name or whatever name you want to be seen as on the screen and everybody's playing, you know, party games together over, uh, you know, over Zoom or whatever. So it, it's really, I can tell you that it, as crappy as this whole thing has been, there are some really cool things like te- technologically that have come out that have made it not suck as bad. Can you imagine doing this in the 90s? I swear. Like, oh, yeah. What what trash. Um, also, p- like people do research on Zoom. Like, don't don't get Zoom bombed by like random people like sneaking into your your chat and yelling like racist stuff and and you know showing porn and things like that. Like, you you can set it up to where you know only you control the screen or like you only give passwords to the people who need to see it. You know, you have a lobby where you you can actually let people in. This while I love the fact that we can't not screw with each other even when we don't see each other. It's it's also like I know that there are like people who don't need to see, you know, like random porn on their like, you know, sea level meeting for their corporation. So, you know, maybe maybe that's uh, that's some, you know, a little bit of research. That's another PSA. It's a PSA field day. So or filled day. Yeah. But uh, anyway, uh, real quick. I know, I know we were talking a lot about gaming, but I'm going to change directions, circle back to Joe Exotic. I want to make sure everybody knows that the uh, Tiger King, or Tiger King is actually getting a final episode on April the 12th, and it's going to be hosted by Joel McHale, and it's going to be mm-hmm. kind of like a where are they now kind of thing. Um, do you know that Joe Exotic said that he wanted to be played by Brad Pitt or <laughs> Or like all, all the biopic. Of course, this guy, this guy freaking loves himself. And like the other yeah. person, or, or maybe he hates himself because the other person he said that he would love to play him is Joe Dirt. Like he actually doesn't know <laughs> David Spade. David Spade, like David his Spade name. would love to do that. I would be fine with David Spade doing it. But I also wonder if Joe Exotic thinks that Joe Dirt is a real person. Mm-hmm. So that would also not surprise me. Um, but yeah, like uh, the real, the real like side of this is that like Dak Shepard and Ed Norton of all people said they would be interested in, 
and playing him. So like uh, Rob Lowe, I guess, through his hat in the ring. Anyway, if you like horrible TV and you've already sat through all these episodes, um, April 12th is for you. Um, and apparently that's Easter. So while we're 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 really layering it on on uh, on Easter, that sounds like a strange day to be dropping some <laughs> Joe Exotic, but that's fine. Um, okay, so now that I've talked enough, what is going on with this One World Benefit concert? I know, I mean, this is this is a clearly like there's a lot going on here. So huge names involved, right? Yeah. So we talked last time about how there were. Uh, a few artists doing some things here and there in terms of like, you know, raising money for small businesses. And, you know, like I know like, uh, uh, Dave Matthews and, um, a member of the black eyed peas to, you know, just all sorts of different artists out there were kind of doing stuff, you know, for charity and, and, uh, and that's great. And I was really hoping for like a really big event where you get a lot of big names together, do a live event, kind of like what they did after post nine 11. I think everybody tuned in to watch that and it was yeah. really, really good. So, um, you know, there was an announcement made, um, and I noticed it on YouTube because Lady Gaga was doing an interview the same day with all three of the major late night hosts, which is, you know, Stephen Colbert, Jimmy Kimmel and Jimmy Fallon. And, uh, of course they did it all through FaceTime or whatever. And, mm -hmm. uh, she made the announcement that, you know, she's been working together with, you know, a, a few companies and, and trying to get everything, you know, put together. And so now it's, it's this thing called one world together at home. Um, and it's being co-hosted by Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy Kimmel and Stephen Colbert, which is awesome. That all the major cool. networks are going to be involved and they're all on the same page. So it's going to be on every channel. Um, as well as it's going to be uh, streaming on Amazon, Apple, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube for free. So wow. for those of us that don't have TV, um, that's that'll be great, uh, which this way it should be in society these days anyways. But it's set for April 18th, uh, so that's just nine days from today, uh, Thursday, uh, April 9th. And so um, a few of the, the musical guests that are going to be on are going to be Alanis Morissette, uh, Andrea Bocelli, uh, Billie Eilish, Billy Joe Armstrong of Green Day, uh, Berna Boy, Chris Martin, Eddie Vedder, which is awesome, uh, Elton John, um, Jay Balvin, John Legend, Casey Musgraves, Keith Urban. Uh, I heard like the uh, Sesame Street Muppets are going to be there. Uh, what? <laughs> yeah, there's going to be like all kinds. So who knows? There's probably going to be even more surprises of. Uh, other artists showing. I think I even uh, heard uh, Stevie Wonder is going to be performing, so that'll be cool. Always that like is Stevie awesome. Wonder. So yeah, there's probably even more than they've even listed here because I'm sure a lot of people want to get in on this. I'm sure like you know the boss Springsteen will probably want to do it. You know, probably yeah. almost everybody you can think of from the 9/11 thing probably wants to help. But proceeds of the fundraiser are going to go towards the World Health Organization. That's the company that. Um, Gaga worked with to kind of get all this moving and all it's right. an effort to uh, equip frontline healthcare workers uh, with protective equipment and to various charities providing food and shelter for those in need who, who've been impacted from COVID-19 uh, and so yeah it's definitely for a good cause I'm definitely going to tune in and um, I think it's going to be things going to be great awesome that is a that is quite a lineup I uh, yeah. I, I like I like the kind of music scene where you've got like everybody from yeah. all different walks doing it, right? There's something for everyone. Maybe you're introduced to a, a genre or lack thereof 
that you have never experienced before. Um, you know, if you're sitting there listening to country and you're like, you know what, I'm a big Billie Eilish fan now. Um, wow. You would have never experienced that had you never tuned into that concert. So, um, that's, it's cool stuff, man. I, I love that kind of thing. And obviously everybody's got to, you know, pull together and, and, you know, help each other and everything like that. So I'm, I'm all for creative ways to do that. So, uh, speaking of having to pull together and help each other, good Lord, AMC, not yeah. able to pay its rent after April. What the hell is that? Yeah, they they released a statement recently that they're going to forego paying rent for a lot of their uh, you know properties um, just because it you know it's like how do they even operate? So I, I feel yeah. like you know, uh, and a lot of these companies are having to like furlough their employees. Like I even absolutely. Read, like, earlier today, Disney furloughed a, a really significant amount of people that they're like, Oh, well, you're not, you know, you're not, uh, what's the word? You're not, you know, uh, a necessity to the operation. Right. And yeah. You're, you're not, not, you're essential. not like essential critical infrastructure, right. that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So there, there's a lot of that going on. So of course that's the biggest fear of like, and it's, it's a big, you know, like Americans love going to the theaters and, and you look at like what the, uh, motion picture companies like universal and so on and so forth, you know, making all this money and Disney for sure, um, through distribution, through theaters. I mean, something's going to happen and I'm sure like the government or someone's going to have to, you know, extend sort of, uh, some sort of fund or grant or something like that to kind of keep things afloat for the time being, because they're all closed, you know, like AMC Cinemark and all that. So, um, you know, there was an analyst named Eric Hamler I was reading uh, earlier today, and he said that uh, based on his view that theaters will be closed until at least August, it's their belief that AMC lacks the liquidity to stay afloat until that time. And they expect the company will soon face filing for bankruptcy. Um, yeah. And that's really what you have to do if you're going to stay afloat and, and make sure operations will continue or you know at, at least you'll still be viable for being bought out um right. and you know they and eric goes on to say you know further fueling our liquidity concerns is amc's decision to stop paying rents to landlords effective april so yeah um and there there was a lot more on that and there's even more information for cinemark because i was kind of concerned about them that's my theater channel i go into and i mm -hmm. read all that on a hollywood reporter that the ceo forgave um his full salary to institute, you know, uh, you know, foregoing deep employee pay cuts. So yeah, it's good to see that, but it's like, how long can you keep it going until it's all going to just going to come caving in? So yeah. I, I feel like something's going to happen here. I don't think, you know, we're just going to sit by and watch all of our, you know, beloved theater change, just cave in on themselves, whether right. it's, they get, you know, funding or, or something like that set up. Uh, or who knows, maybe one of the big conglomerates is going to buy them out. You know, I, this wouldn't be a bad move for Amazon to kind of come into play and be like, Hmm, well, their theater brand starts with an A and Hey, look, our, our company <laughs> name starts with an A. Amazon a movie company. Yep. Yeah, exactly. That's not a, that's not a bad take. Um, that's, that's one of the hardest things. I mean, I'm obviously, or I'm going to state the obvious here, but it's one of the hardest things about this right now is uh global businesses um you know it, whether or not you want to share or shed a tear for them 
usually when something catastrophic happens in one country and it changes an entire populace's way of like giving them money, uh, they can always soak up, you know, enough in other parts of the world to keep them afloat. But really, I mean, in, in aggregate, the most influential people as far as audiences go in movies is America and China. And I think we all know exactly how that's going right now. Yeah. So it's, it's really, it's kind of like real estate, right? If you're, if you're a, a multinational real estate investor, if real estate market tanks in one country, maybe it's doing okay in another country. Maybe you've diversified enough where you can actually stay afloat. Well, you know what? When nobody can afford anything all over the world, you know, that's going to change how prices are reflected and how you're doing as well. Mm -hmm. So if people can't pay rent or people can't pay back loans, that kind of thing, it's, it's a global issue. And, and that's when, you know, people start looking around like, well, what the hell are we going to do? So, uh, it's going to be interesting, uh, to see how it works out. Obviously, uh, bankruptcy is a real option for a lot of, uh, small businesses and big, big, big businesses alike. Uh, and, and obviously it's not something you want to have happen, but it's going to happen. So, um, you know, hopefully everybody who has to go through that comes out on the other side, uh, fairly restructured and, uh, profitable for whatever the hell is about to happen next. Um, anyway, that was my spiel. Um, yeah, absolutely. What's happening in Iceland? Brandon's here with, yeah. Yeah. With, uh, yeah, that's amazing. Please, uh, please tell me Ezra what the hell Miller is happening. Choked, uh, yeah. <laughs> Tonight. So. Yeah. Ezra <laughs> Miller no. choked a bitch. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This is probably one of the weirdest news to come out this week because, you know, most of it's usually just, COVID-19 related or you hear some other things about what crazy people are doing in stores and licking grocery items and stuff and getting arrested yeah. for it. Yeah, those people um, suck. Yeah, uh, but then there's uh, the the strange people that come from Hollywood and uh, one of those <laughs> strange people is Ezra Miller. Um, yeah. You know, a lot of people know him as The Flash. I think he kind of got his break in, uh, I think it was a movie of... Uh, Perks of Being a Wallflower, I think that was the the title of it, um, yeah, yeah. which was a memorable movie, and he had a very interesting role in it. But he's always been kind of a aloof, kind of very weird kind of guy. Um, and as a Flash, I thought certainly he was just, not a mainstream dude. No, right? not a mainstream. I mean, yeah. But you know, he a lot of uh, I, I could see how WB was like, oh, we'll just plug him into this little peg hole here, and yeah, he could be a quirky Flash. And uh, yeah, you know, it kind of has sort of like that Peter Parker isms to him, but there's just something about him that's just unnerving to me. And I just, I don't know, I just never really dug him too much as Flash. But anyways, uh, so with that being said, there was some news that came out this week. Uh, I think it was just a few days ago. Video surfaced online and I forget where it first was posted, but I remember reading this article on Deadline and a few other places that um, right. video surface of a encounter uh, where Ezra Miller choked a woman who I guess was heckling him or something. And there was a, it was really weird. It's it was really strange. Like, did you, you watch the video, right? So, you yeah. know, like it's there. I don't, they said they were in a bar. It's like no bar I've ever seen. And it's like, 
it almost, it almost kind of looked like a Walmart. Like, I don't really know yeah. what, what's going on Iceland, there. But, uh, Iceland can be a little different, you know, so. Yeah, that's fine. Go for it, man. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, this, this lady was like, you know, kind of like waving her arms and kind of like being goofy and, and like obviously kind of making fun of him. But then like, I don't like, I, I don't know how, you know, that works. I mean, like maybe that was a compliment. I wasn't aware of an Icelandic compliment you know, being paid maybe to Ezra Miller. I didn't think about this until now. Um, <laughs> maybe they uh, confused him for uh, uh, Cara Delevingne, who uh, basically was the actress <laughs> in uh, Suicide Squad. And she was just like, oh, yeah, you're that chick. Let me do the, the weird dance you did. And oh he's my like, God. I'm not her. <laughs> <laughs> they look not, nothing alike, but I they just don't thought, look anything alike. But that, yeah, I mean, it, that's like, the only she, dance the, move I know. That's, you know, that's so. the only dance move I know that was even close to. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, like the sorceress thing where she was like kind of moving around, kind of yeah. like weird. Maybe she was a Marvel like, like DCU sucks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 but that's, I mean, it's, it's just, if you watch the clip, it's so bizarre. I mean, like, uh, and Ezra Miller is just kind of like classic, just, you want to go, you know, like <laughs> you want to fight and then just like grabs her, like just choke slams or like Kane and WWE or whatever. Right. I mean, like it's, uh, I'm sorry. That's the haymaker. It's the undertaker uh, that does the choke slam, right? His brother. Yeah. Forgive me. Yeah. WWE gods. Yeah. We're making we're making fun of these people and they're like I'm gonna get hate mail in three years about how I got the wrong move with Undertaker. <laughs> yeah. Um no, that's that's fine. It it's just so the whole situation is so strange. Do you think uh being predictive here that they're gonna do anything with Ezra? Like, I mean WB speaking. Well, that's the thing, and it's like from what from what I've read, cause I've been kind of following on it and I'm like, okay. Yeah. Like at first a lot of people are like, okay, was this fake? Was this stage? Was it a joke? Was it a Joaquin Phoenix moment where, right. That's a good point. Just for a joke or a gag of, you know, but, uh, you know, he hasn't commented on it as far as I know. And, um, you know, people that were actually there at the scene, like they're like, no, he got escorted off the premises afterwards. And, People were saying that, yeah, there were a bunch of weird people, like a group of people that were heckling him or I don't know what they were trying to do, give him a hard time. And it's like, yeah, but that's never any excuse to lay your hand on a woman like ever. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, I, I don't I don't know what's going to happen. Um, and two, you know, a brand. Yeah. OK, go ahead. Like, I don't know. Maybe Iceland doesn't have very many cases of COVID-19, but I would figure they'd be up there with the countries that are kind of in lockdown. So yeah, it's kind of weird that a bar was still operating, but I don't know. It's a different place. Like I said, yeah, to, to each their own. Uh, well, I can tell you, Brandon, for a fact that, uh, there is someone who has never choked someone in Iceland and that's audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audio book with a 30 day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com forward slash SLM and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a title free and start listening. It's that easy. Wow. Choke free. What an amazing company. I knew you had that one in the chamber. I was, I'm like, I was just so ready. It wasn't going to be know. bankruptcy talk. No, no, no. It's no. Gonna be talk- yeah. Well, I mean, like, yeah, I, 
Team Although they do today. Have, uh, the book, the novel Choke by Chuck Paul Newick on there. That's probably accurate, I would say. Wow. Now that that is a solid reference. A great yeah. author also. Great author. Yeah. Well done. Well done. All right. So before we sign off, do we have time to uh, run through this very last bit right here? Uh, we do. I mean, uh, I guess I never finished my thought real quick, but. Uh, oh, sorry. So- I was too busy talking about like companies not choking people. Please continue. <laughs> It was good. It was good. But uh, no, it's weird because WB hasn't commented on this. It's been three or four days now. Um, and the local authorities aren't putting him on any invest. Like he's not under investigation. So I there's probably more to the story, but I, I just feel like it's definitely not a good look. And I feel like ultimately WB is probably going to drop him. Um, yeah. I don't think Flash would really do amazing numbers in theaters anyways if he had a solo film. So, yeah, it's a yeah, it was already kind of a strange uh, move, like you said, kind of shoehorning him into that role. I never thought he did a bad job. You know, it's just kind of like everybody like whoever was, quote unquote, everybody that was like really pining for him to be uh, in his own solo flash movie. I don't know who these people are. And they I, I mean, they didn't really give him enough of a screen time to give me any kind of feeling for what I wanted to get out of that character uh, to begin with. So I, I mean, that's fine if they want to stick with it. Um, it is what it is, but it just seems so strange to me, the yeah. whole thing. So anyway, yeah, that didn't add anything to that conversation. Um, <laughs> what, a, yeah, what, a. What is this last thing? This is uh, this is your brainchild. I want you to to take this. Yeah. One. So obviously, you know, you know how I feel about Ezra Miller. Um, I feel that way about other actors too. But but one thing that's kind of surprised me over the years is how this kind of came to me the other day. How there's some actors or actresses that initially you just have high disdain for. You just cannot stand. You loathe just looking at the side of their face. Yes, um, or, or the sound of their voice and eventually somehow they win you over uh, so what films or shows or film or show did uh, first off what are some names some of these actors or actresses that you initially couldn't stand and eventually won you over um, and then what film or show or series of films or shows did they do to change your mind oh Okay, so this is this is a hard one. Obviously, this is uh, a layered question. Um, I think this this everybody's listening right now. They're going to say, um, "Why would you put that person on the list?" Right, and they're probably going to say that about uh, quite a few of our our selections. It's not because I think like they got voted most punchable face, but what I do do think uh, is that <laughs> this this is true. But if Sam you in the back somewhere, calm bullshit. Yeah, bullshit. No, if they, I object, <laughs> if they, uh, if they, if they were going to be uh, piled into the corner of you not wanting to watch their movies or shows or anything like that, it's typically off of just probably one thing they did, right? Mm-hmm. Um, maybe, maybe it's a it's a habitual thing. Maybe they made a, a real U turn, and for one of my picks, that's that's certainly the case. But for a lot of these. Um, well, for a few of these, it really was just kind of one 
thing that kind of put me off about him and then some things that kind of redeemed him in my eyes. So that kind of hit all around it, but the first one's probably going to surprise you. We've already kind of mentioned one of her uh, movies before, but it's Kristen Wiig. Okay. Um, Kristen Wiig, uh, obviously, I think she's SNL alum, and mm-hmm. she did um, the MacGruber skits. <laughs> yeah. Among other and things. among other, like many, I mean, she's. Sure. You look at all of her, uh, all of her bodies of work since then, and and she's, it's incredible, like the absolute like depth uh, that she has. Um, I, some of you may disagree with that, but I think that like when you see some of the challenging roles that she's taken on, um, she's put a lot of effort into it. Even mm-hmm. uh, even if you don't like the way it turned out. Uh, she she's full of try hard and and she likes to push herself. And I think that's pretty cool. So um, I will say the MacGruber thing, her like one note kind of thing, which uh, you look back as the intent of her role in that, but it, it definitely kind of drove me nuts. The, you know, time's running out MacGruber, like that kind of thing. I just, it was like nails on a chalkboard to me. And, uh, and it, but at some point she did, uh, bridesmaids and I and I really like I didn't watch her for a long time because I was just like this I don't need this shit you know but the when I watched bridesmaids I was just like wow you know like that was funny that was a funny movie she like was able to really carry that and after that um, she went a completely different direction she did like a bunch of dramas and things like that I was just like holy crap like uh, she range all Mm -hmm. over the place i think she played someone who had like borderline personality and all kinds of stuff so she's done she's done a lot of challenging roles in in her in her like lifetime in her in her fairly short career and uh and she's about to be uh the one of the main uh nemeses in the wonder woman sequel that's right um that's pretty that's pretty impressive that I, I mean, like to think that it's very interesting. I mean, like we're going to have to see how she portrays said character and uh, and how she does, because never really viewed her as the super villainous type. But yeah. uh, it's, it's going to be it's going to be pretty incredible um, mm-hmm. in the fact that she's willing to try that kind of thing. So that was my first one. I've only got two more. I'm going to I'm going to bang yeah, through go these pretty it, quick. Yeah. Uh, David Hasselhoff. Yeah. David has oh the Hoff okay the Hoff okay yeah. when I was when I was growing up uh, first moved to Dallas uh, all I wanted to watch was the A Team and Night Rider oh yeah uh, if anything else was on I don't care uh, just put me in front of syndicated A Team and Night Rider all day all night um, that was yeah. literally like feeding my brain all the time yep. Um, so at that point, I thought like David Hasselhoff, that's one cool son of a bitch. Right. And then uh, like later on, you know, he's been like really kind of weird stuff. And then like he gets into Baywatch and you're like, I guess that's fine. And then uh, after that, all you know about him is that he's doing like tours in Germany, you know, singing. And then it's just like the more you learn about him the more you find out that like when he's, I didn't know if he did uh, America's got talent or not, but like he's full of just one liners about Knight Rider 
Oh, and yeah. that bugs the shit out of me. <laughs> like, I, I, I mean, like, I get it. Like, if you've got like your your main thing, you know, where you're just like, that's what I was known for. But if you're just like running around like in your in your 50s and you're like pretending to talk into your watch and be like, kid, get me out of here. Like, that's kind of ridiculous. Right. Yeah. Like that. That kind of put me off. And uh, and then um, that was kind of his low point. And then I saw a video of him uh, drunk on the floor eating Wendy's. And I, and I, I told <laughs> I'm going to be honest, that really uh, raised his stock in my book. Um, that, that was the. Yeah, that was the inflection point. So if you're going to ask me what film or movie that he was in that really changed my opinion of him, it was that for the better. Uh, it, obviously, he was in Kung Fury, um, yeah. like singing the the theme song. Anybody who's listening to this who hasn't seen Kung Fury that has oh, yeah. any kind of love of uh, 80s kitschy, you know, like action movies and stuff like that. Stop what you're doing. Uh, take your quarantine pants off. Sit down with a bowl of nachos and watch uh kung fury because it's uh the shortest and most like entertaining thing that you could you know actually sit down and enjoy it's on youtube it's on yeah. netflix it's everywhere um but yeah it's one of the few things i ever watched where i was just like i have to see this again you know like immediately oh, yeah. like like put it back on you know dodgeball, um, he was in dodgeball as well yeah that's yeah. right yeah he's i mean he's and uh yeah he like made cameos all over the place right because again he was an icon and there's nothing wrong with hamming that up. Right. But I think that there was a problem there. Like my issue was that it just got annoying. You Mm -hmm. know, like if you had, if you created your own, own shtick and then you like did your own catchphrases like over and over again, you're like, dude, this isn't a convention. Like you're on like multinational, like million dollar TV, you know, or billion dollar TV. Um, you know, maybe, maybe try to come up with some new material. Uh, and then when he made that Wendy's tape, it just won me over. So that was, uh, that was my big turnaround point for, for the old Hoff. Um, this is the one that I think we're going to, we may have in common, uh, Ben Affleck. Um, yeah, yeah. Ben, Ben Affleck did a lot of Kevin Smith movies early on and things like that. And there's, there's nothing wrong with that. Kevin Smith is, uh, is an acquired taste, but it's, it's not like, uh, it's not like caviar acquired taste. It, it's like a, like a really good beer acquired taste. If you haven't yeah. had beer before. Right. Um, so like a lot of people like his style of movie, but a lot of people haven't really ever been either introduced to his style movie willingly, or they really never liked it to begin with because it kind of escaped their generation. Um, I was really on the cusp of that. Uh, I think those movies were probably made for me you know, mm-hmm. like our, our generation yeah. and everything, but it was really, really close to the line of passing us by. And, uh, and I think that was my problem was that a lot of that humor that I saw, I kind of like inwardly chuckled, but at the same time, like there wasn't a real role that Ben Affleck played early on that you didn't want to hit him in the face. And, um, I think that that has stuck with me, uh, way too long. And, over time, I think a lot of people have just been like, oh, he's a, he's a Geely or Jiggly, whatever guy, you know, like, um, yeah, he I was mean, part of Benefer. Yeah. He's part of Benefer. He did, uh, you know, freaking Daredevil and yep. that kind of thing. Um, but, and this is going to sound so stupid. 
Um, but the movie that changed my opinion on him was uh, John Woo's Paycheck. And <laughs> I, I'm not like, I know you think I'm full of shit right now, but just hear me out. There's a lot of problems with John Woo's Paycheck. Yeah, um, a, a lot. Uh, but the the thing that I liked about that movie was that he was actually acting in a way that he hadn't acted before. Um, when I first went to that movie, I was like, yeah, this is like, what do you mean? Like, I'm mean, obviously he just got out of daredevil. And so they were trying to force him into this whole like comic book machismo kind of role. And, uh, and I think, I guess they kind of captured the whole, uh, you know, world of daredevil and everything, but it was still, it just still felt too big. You know, that's what the Netflix series really Weird, did. Weird. Well, uh, paycheck it. come out. Oh God. Uh, what do you think? Like 2001 or something like that? Uh, maybe that was too far ago. Oh, here's, here's uh, jiggly. Oh, oh, 2003. Okay. Yeah. So if uh, there's plenty of stuff that came after that, where you'd be like, do you really think that that was a turning point for him? I think that it was. And the reason why is because um, it seemed like he tried to do a lot with not a lot of material. Mm-hmm. Um, it gave me the kind of feeling where he, you handed him a kind of no nonsense role um, that he kind of had in the sum of all fears, but he wasn't playing yeah. like the cerebral guy. Like you have a hard time think, you know, feeling him out for like cerebral analyst, or you have a hard time feeling him out for, um, you know, like hard edged action guy, but it gave me that kind of like almost diehard feel about it where yeah. it was just a guy who was just in a really like weird spot, obviously, uh, and like had to become the hero except for the fact that it was a John Woo movie. So like everything was insane and exploding and like, you know, crazy robotics and yeah, you know, technology. Realism, yeah. But it was, it was a fun movie. They made it enjoyable, even though in classic John Woo form, none of it really made a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that was the moment I watched that and I was like, I feel entertained, you yeah. know? And that was the first time I think that I've watched his, his movies and I felt that way. Um, there, there are other things that he's done. Um, I still think some of all fears doesn't get enough credit. Oh yeah. That's an excellent film. But I also think that a lot of that was driven by, uh, what was happening around him. And this was probably one of the first times where I was just like, I feel entertained. And it was something that he was driving, you know, the entire movie. So, um, you know, Aaron Eckhart, uh, Oh yeah. And, uh, fantastic actor one of my favorites. So um, Uma Thurman is, is also there, I guess. I don't, I mean, like she's all right. Um, she does some incredible stuff and then she does some stuff where I'm like wondering why she's employed. So yeah, um, it's, it's really hit or miss, but anyway, those are, those are my three uh, big uh, pretty actors solid. and actresses. I could, I could probably go the other direction, but I might save that for another time <laughs> of people that I, I thought were really good and <laughs> really pissed me off. Yeah. <laughs> off we'll, we'll, yeah. We'll get that. We'll get that later. Okay. So what were, what were your picks? Let's go through that. Well, uh, I was kind of interested. Were there any actresses you can think of that were that way for you? Um, one. 
for for what we were talking about yeah um, like her... you you kind of see them in something and they're kind of ancillary and then you end up seeing them something else and you're you know like you don't think much of them and then it's like okay i didn't think i like this person but they're actually really good yeah or, I, mean, the I thought they I were annoying to, but they're good the closest the closest i could get to was Kristen wig that was it yeah so okay. i mean i mean like i tried to think about it for a while um uh yeah that's it though that i mean like you're talking about a pretty big shift you know yeah there are a lot of actresses yeah there are a lot of actresses that i've hated all along and there are a lot of actor or i'm sorry actresses that i've like loved all along you know but there's there's been very few that have really fully changed my mind on yeah like if i like them or not and i think she's definitely in there so yeah that dude that's a real solid list um my well, list. Thank you. I think I'll go go in the same order. So, as far as actresses are concerned, the the ones that I was just like, I don't, I just don't know about this one. And that actress is Anna Kendrick. Okay, I you know I thought she might make the cut for maybe one of us. I get that. Yeah. Um What what changed your mind with her? So. With her, I think I can't remember what the first film it was I saw of her, but instantly I just thought she was annoying. <laughs> uh, was it was it Pitch Perfect or like? I mean, no, it was not that. And no, okay. I have not seen that, Carl. But uh, <laughs> 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 no, um, it, it was probably uh, the uh, what do you call it the 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 movie that was based off a comic book and then became a movie um, that also had uh, Aubrey Plaza and Scott Pilgrim. So there you go. Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. I couldn't remember the name. So Scott Pilgrim. I I love that movie. I love that movie. It's, it's hilarious and it's, it's very interesting how they took that as a comic book and made it to screen like that. And I thought it was like perfect, you know, in every classic, Edgar Wright shenanigans. Yeah. 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 Edgar Wright really shine in that one. So, but something about her in that film just really annoyed me. And I know she plays, you know, the sister of Scott Pilgrim, but sure. just, I don't know. Something was very mousy about her. I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know. You just weren't having it. Yeah. Maybe I was uh, having a bad day when I watched that movie. Um, and I, and I enjoyed it, you know, uh, and I liked Aubrey Plaza's character and, you know, yeah, she was I mean, funny. She's great, but yeah, something about her. And so then she started showing up in a bunch of other films and I'm just kind of like, really? They're, they're casting her in this. Like, I think it was that George Clooney one, uh, up in the air. I think it was. Yeah. That was, that was interesting. Yeah. You know, all the way around. Yeah. So, you know, I, I remember they kind of clash a little bit and, and then work together and her acting in that really just kind of like, Oh, Oh, she can act, you know? Um, so seeing her in that, and then of course, like the accountant and, um, I, there, there's so many films that she's done now where she's really showed like a lot of emotional depth and a lot of range. And so now she's like, like anytime she's in a movie now, I'm just kind of like, good for her, you know, like, yeah, uh, if it's something, if it's a movie I'm interested in seeing then I'm like, cool, can't wait to see what, what she's going to, you know, pull out of her hat this time, you know, like she's right. really, really talented. So, uh, definitely was one of those actresses that at first I didn't really like. And then now she won me over, you know? So I, I would think with up in the air and the accountant and a few other movies in between, she definitely won me over there. 
Makes sense. Um, yeah, I, I can definitely see that. And that's why I was like, like I was wondering if, if that was going to make my cut too. Um, but I, like there was a moment where I think I realized that like she was the triple threat and, and she was just, she was so good at everything. Um, that if I didn't like her, it'd be kind of like just jealousy, you know, <laughs> like, I mean, right, she, right. she's just very, she's just very good. So I get it. Um, those are all, that's a good pick. Uh, that's a really good pick. So like who else, who else did this to you? So, uh, another actor that, um, did this was, man, I, it's so hard to like narrow it down to just three. Um, I know I, I have I so know. many, but I'm going to keep it to three just because of time constraints right now. Sure. So, uh, the other actor is Colin Farrell. I get that a hundred percent. I, I know exactly where you're going with this, except, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he never, he never fully turned the corner for me, but I do understand what you're going to say. I know what you're going to say. Keep going. You do. And you don't, uh, I, I don't. Okay. Yeah. I'm, the, I'm willing to be surprised here. Okay. So yeah, there were a lot of, a lot of things I'd seen him in, um, earlier films and, um, you know, of course he did, uh, Alexander, which right. wasn't really that big a fan of, but I think this was all before that. And he was just kind of the up and coming. Of course he was bullseye immediately just didn't like it at all of what he did. Yeah. And, uh, very strange, you know, but daredevil was just a strange movie altogether. Um, mm-hmm. so, uh, but the movie that, you know, kind of changed my mind on him. Cause I, I really just didn't think, I just thought he was just one of those like, playboy kind of guys that just kind of like looked dangerous and all the girls wanted to sleep with and whatever. And, and he just didn't really, he would just mail it in for acting and not really have much of a range and just kind of like your stereotypical asshole. Like that's what I thought of him. Yeah. It was really and, hard for me to, to get a feel for him, but please continue. Cause yeah. I, yeah. And, and I feel like, yeah, he probably was that in real life. Cause there's all kinds of stories out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but he's kind of come full circle in his life, too. Um, but without getting into that, he the movie that that kind of turned everything around for me. Um, and I believe it was before in Bruges because in Bruges was really what really impressed me with his acting abilities. OK, that was uh, my guess. So what was it? Yeah, it was The Recruit. Ah, yeah. OK. Yeah. So the recruit uh, start him and uh, Tom Brady's ex-wife. I always forget her name. Um, and uh, of course, no, great. You know, now I forgot it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know she. Uh, she's and, in and of course, Bloods right now. Al Pacino, who says the best line in the movie after Colin Farrell gets in and points a gun at him, and he's drinking coffee and drops the coffee in his lap, and he goes, and, and Colin Farrell's yelling at him, and and Al Pacino just looks at him and goes, "My dick's on fire." <laughs> oh uh, my god oh, it's bridget moynihan by the way bridget moynihan yeah so yeah. and those two had pretty good chemistry on on scene and everything and so you know that's kind of the thing it's like you you can have a film and if actors and actresses don't have chemistry it, it doesn't really sell the story um but i felt like everything felt authentic like i didn't feel like i was just watching an episode of the week of some soap opera um, but you know, he plays this guy, James, who's a bartender and come to find out like his dad used to be some deep, you know, cover operative for the CIA who ended up, you know, dying in the line of duty. And, uh, Al Pacino comes and recruits him to follow his father's footsteps and, you know, find out that, you know, 
you find out along the way from the beginning that, you know, Colin Farrell's character is really smart and he's very tech savvy and just has a high IQ. And so he goes and tests, goes to the farm on Langley, Virginia. And, you know, they say he flunks out, but then you find out, oh, no, he's it. And he's already going deep cover, but he has to kind of run counterintelligence against his love interest, Bridget Moynihan, who also was there training and they kind of fall in together. So it's, it's a real interesting movie. And I think it was, it went under a lot of people's radars. I, I want to say it came out in 2002. Um, so yeah, I was between that and phone booth. Phone booth was the other movie. Uh, Paul Farrell that's was a in. good pick. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Kiefer Sutherland was the sniper, which that's uh, right. Yeah. You know, it, Kiefer had a lot going for him at that time between that and 24 and everything. 24. Else. Yeah. So great. But uh, yeah, it was those two movies that, that really kind of was like, okay, this guy can act and I, I can't wait to see what he does next. And then yeah, I, I saw in Bruges, you know, sitting in blockbuster rented it and I was blown away with that. But in Bruges yeah. is one of my favorite movies. I'd probably put it. It's hard to even rank it, but I'd probably put top 20, which is saying a lot because I watched that so is. many movies. That's tough so, acting too. I mean, like it, it, it really, it works. Yeah, yeah. A lot, a lot going on there. Um, a lot of range, not, not always a happy movie, but, uh, but certainly, uh, one that will make you laugh. So yeah. Yeah. It, it's a, it's a very good movie. Uh, yeah, I thought, uh, I, I definitely had issues with Colin Farrell early on. Um, you know, obviously he had a reputation, but it's not necessarily because of that. I think that it's just like they, they typecast him so hard into the kind of like asshole role that it was hard for me to like him already, uh, which maybe that's a hallmark of a good actor, you know, cause at some point he became, you know, street and SWAT. And, uh, you know, at some point he became, um, what was SWAT. it like how Hauser or whatever in the remake of total recall. And yeah, yeah. it's just like, I um, actually, uh, Oh, that's right. Total recall. Okay. Uh, yeah. But, so here's an unpopular opinion. I actually liked uh, Michael Mann's film Miami Vice. I actually liked it. That is that is an unpopular opinion, but I I think I understand how one could enjoy yeah. that movie. I wasn't looking um, at it through the lens of the TV show. Yes, that's true, and I also uh, think that Michael Mann has a style that is not super accessible outside of Heat. Um. And if you don't know that and you just sit down and watch like, you know, uh, a collateral or whatever. And great uh, film, though. I think great film, though. I mean, like and, and the Miami Vice and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, you're and you're expecting another heat. Uh, you're not going to get it. It's it's not that uh, there. There are parts of it, the the grittiness and the real realistic aspects of you know what would a person do in this situation that kind of thing that michael mm -hmm. mann really thrives on yeah um that exists but uh and, and his his direct directorial style uh, is in full play in all of those movies mm -hmm. uh, but it's they're not they're not the same thing um heat is a is a magnificent film yeah that's um, a classic and that's definitely in my top 10 yeah um and so if you're if you think you're a Michael Mann film, you need to watch his other films, you know, before you fully give your stamp of approval. Start with Last of the Mohicans, because mm -hmm. that is unlike anything else, and that predates Heat. So that's a good one to kind of like yeah. set your expectation, and then you'll moderately get surprised with each successive film that he does. That's a good, that's a good point. Uh, he, he probably 
probably, he probably worked, um, his artistic muscle the most in that yep. one. I yep. think. So, I mean, it's not anything wrong with that movie at all. Um, that's a, that's a good point. Yeah. I, I would definitely say that you, before, before you give the, the rubber stamp of approval to Michael Mann as a director, um, it's, it's not the easiest style to understand, um, all the way through, through his different movies and everything, but he, you can tell he always pushes himself. So, or he's handed, you know, strange licenses and stuff to, to make his own. And he did Miami vices. It's completely own movie. Um, like you said, I mean, like it, I mean, the only thing I think that it really has in common with it is like the most basic of plot points. So that's fine. But, yeah. uh, Anyway, who else? Uh, who else bef- besides Mister Colin Farrell? Anybody else you can think of? Well, before I name my final pick here, uh, <laughs> there there is something that kind of came to mind when you think about like actors that you just couldn't stand, or and and sometimes it has nothing to do with their acting. It's just like who they are in real life. They could be a complete asshole, you know. Um, right. But uh, but at the same time you have to respect them because they're a master of their craft and they're like, just, they give it a thousand percent. Whereas a lot of I actors certainly think of people like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, uh, yeah. So before I, of course, list the actor that I couldn't stand and now love, I I'm going to list an actor that, uh, just referenced briefly and that I wish I could hate, but I can't. And I just respect the hell out of him as Tom Cruise. That's a good pick. Yeah. The That's Scientology really and stuff, like I really don't want to like him and but I've heard he's a consummate professional and uh every movie he does is just is great. I, I can't think of a really bad film that he's done in the last two decades. Yeah, he he definitely has high standards. Um you know, even the stuff that's kind of like just dreck, you know. I mean like yeah. they're, they're really like he always elevates it and I think that's important to note. Um he has another, to run a lot. Yeah. Yes. Or he has to run all the time. Yeah. Um, just compensates just for being walk. five foot seven. He does. Holy crap. He's short, but the, yeah. uh, the, the nonstop, uh, nonstop running, like every, every single, you know, montage you can think of, um, half of that is going to be vanilla sky, but the, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, that's true. It's incredible. But yeah. Um, that is a great one. Obviously, I think that I, if I was going to throw my hat in the ring as far as people that uh, probably sucked in real life, um, you know, on some degree, you're going to probably have pushed back a little bit, but um, but are incredible at what they do is uh, Christian Bale. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I can't I can't think of uh, I, can, I can think of a couple actors that are harder to work with, but not for the same reasons. Mm-hmm. And uh, he has a reputation. He does uh, for, for he just, that. He seems like he would be difficult just watching him in interviews like nowadays. Yep. If you watch him in interviews like 2005 when he's doing Batman and all that stuff, he seems fine. But nowadays he's mm-hmm. getting like get off my lawn type territory. with Oh, his yeah. Attitude. Yeah. Yeah. He's uh, the, the the larger his resume is, you know, the, the harder it is to to kind of mold him into anything in particular. Um, he is, he is who he is, you know, and, and who he is, is, is kind of a son of a bitch to work with, but 
he's uh i mean i don't know if there's a person out there that wouldn't agree that you know he's he's a good actor it's it's real interesting too because he started when he was just a little kid i don't know if you saw Mm -hmm. the very first film he was in the really big one that was actually made by spielberg which one was that? Uh, he plays a little boy during World War II, and he's kind of stranded. He can't find his family in Japan. Um, I, I'll have to look it up real quick, but uh, I remember watching it when I was a kid. And I assume this was sometime after Newsies? No, this is... <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, as far as like when the story takes place, yes. Uh, well, okay, Newsies fine. is the 20s. Yeah, I, I know. Guess. Uh, <laughs> no, um, no, nothing like layered history jokes to to really sink a podcast. Yeah, Empire of the Sun came out in 1987. So, oh, nice. Yeah, definitely recommend checking that out. John Malkovich is in that; plays a really big role. Um, awesome. Yeah, uh, but yeah, Spielberg directed it, and it, it's really good. World War II movie. That's incredible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, like I said, he, he, it's it's hard for him to make a bad movie. It really is. Mm-hmm. Um, even when he tries to make a bad movie, he ends up making a cult movie. So, you know, <laughs> let that, let that lie where it is. Yeah. Um, this was, that was a, that was a really, that was a deep and fun conversation and I'm glad we had it. Oh, well, definitely. Yeah. It, it kind of came up. So, uh, but yeah, uh, after much delay. So my final pick, uh, of actors that I could not stand initially and, and have won me over since, um, maybe because I'm was misinformed even though i ended up watching the trilogy of films that i wish i had never watched before uh oh, Lord. but thanks to an ex you know uh mm-hmm. you already know what i'm about to say so go for it that would be robert pattinson no my boy yep my boy robert pattinson you're that's a good pick man that was a great last pick yeah what a what a what a change from uh from like kind of like way under the radar to twilight explosion Mm -hmm. to like seeking to go under the radar again and then like being plucked from obscurity to do you know this after like what cosmopolis or whatever he's been in and yeah i mean that's pretty insane so uh i that that's an excellent pick yeah if you don't know if if you're just like robert pattinson's the twilight guy like you don't know this dude's range and which hey i get it I watched those films did I had nothing good to say about the guy. Uh, and I, you know, I watched them because again, I, I didn't want to watch them, but it's all about who you're with at the time. Right. So mm, she was all yes. about it, obsessed about the book, all that. So, um, you know, so Mr. Sparkle himself and it was yep. just a very monotone performance and, you know, he tried a few things, I guess, in some of them, but it's just, uh, I don't know. I, after that, I was just kind of like, okay, I, I really have no opinion of the guy, nothing. I just feel like he's he could be on, you know, all my children or as the world right. turns or whatever it is, uh, soap opera, and that'll be that. Um, and, you know, so flash forward to what you kind of talked about, like eventually he starts doing these independent films and kind of the same route that Christian Bale did um, mm-hmm. because – being in a Spielberg film as a kid, like you kind of can take any pick of the litter if that's on your resume and instead, oh, yeah. you know, and then of course, Newsies of course blew up bail, but eventually he got back into independent films, did American psycho, you know, the rest yep. is history. And even threw his own hat into the ring for Batman. 
And so the path is very similar for Mr. Pattinson in that, you know, I started seeing, you know, a uh, map of the stars. I saw that. I saw the other Soderbergh film. Um, uh, I believe it was the one you mentioned, which is uh cosmopolis, right? Yeah. Where he's in the stretch limo and that was real mm-hmm. interesting. Um, but really the, the film that really kind of like sold me on, you know, I, I could see like remnants of Bruce Wayne because Bruce Wayne is very much like, you know, Bruce Wayne isn't really Bruce Wayne unless you see him behind the scenes with Alfred or something like that. And they don't really show it too much in the, the movies uh, up till I think this new one that's about to come out. I mean, you see it a little bit, I guess, with Bale's Bruce Wayne, but, you know, he's really just an alter ego. He's actually Bruce Wayne's alter ego is Bruce Wayne. Batman is truly right. who he is. So that's exactly. the fun duality part of it. But he he comes off like this obnoxious, you know, arrogant you know, kind of guy who, you know, whatever. So I, you see remnants of that, like in, in some of those independent films he did, but it wasn't until I saw good time and seeing what Robert Pattinson did in that surprised the hell out of me. Cause it was just very visceral and gritty and real. And you even see a lot of that in uh, as weird as the film is. And <clears throat> I'll probably never watch the film again. Cause it, uh, tested my patience a little bit. I mean, I, I love, uh, I think his name was Robert Eggers who d- directed the witch and then did yeah, lighthouse. Yeah. And I think we covered that on this show, but, mm-hmm. um, but his acting in it was superb and, uh, but good time. He was just, it, it was amazing just how, uh, dangerous he was and, um, primal and, uh, and I, I can definitely see that, you know, I w- I've already talked about my opinion of what I think he's going to be for Batman. But the fact that he's done all that and he's been trying to learn and work with the best directors he can think of. And even if they're independent films, um, you know, I, I feel like he's matured enough to where he is ready for that role. So i um, glad he threw his hat in. But really surprised me because that I, that I, I was just kind of blown away after like the first few films I saw him even before a good time um thinking back like wow this is the same dude from like this guy's been through some stuff or he's like he's really evolving like he's really working on his craft and it's really he's good to see hard. someone working hard on their craft and not just mailing it in so Absolutely. yeah that rounds out my picks i like it yeah what a what an awesome topic um yeah i am i'm really glad that uh we threw that little little tidbit in there and in between i had to i was thinking about it too much i know i get it it's it's smart um so hopefully uh hopefully when you know one of these shows will will work backwards i think that it'd be really fun to see uh people that started out strong that you ended up hating Um, definitely maybe we can get sambino on that show no i know that he's not opinionated at all no he's never had one in his life um no that'd be terrific and uh and all, all opinions are welcome. So yeah, I think, uh, I think that's amazing. And that's about it. Yeah, man. Well, it's been a lot of fun catching up. I know it's been a little bit of a while since, uh, all of you listeners have heard our fun, uh, energetic voices here. Uh, Ooh, Ooh. but, uh, yeah, this has been a lot of fun covering everything and, uh, definitely look forward to our next episode. Hopefully it's not going to be as long but you know life yeah it's kind of been getting in the way recently so we will do our, our best for all of you listeners but uh, feel free to check us out on uh on the interwebs social media instagram and 
on Facebook. Uh, Instagram is Sensibly Loud. Facebook is Sensibly Loud Media. But stay tuned for next episode. Don't miss it of Sensibly Loud Radio.